and welcome to Whatever It Takes, a podcast about Degrassi, the next generation. I'm Kelsey. And I'm Holland. And today we're talking about season three, episode seven, Should I Stay or Should I Go? And I would like to apologize for my scratchy, scratchy voice. I'm a little sick slash recovering from going to a Blink-182 concert. Um, Kelsey, will you read us the summary? Sure can. It is exceptionally long. All right. Craig and Ashley's relationship is in a transitional phase. Ashley tells Craig that she loves him. Craig, on the other hand, can't tell her the same, yet wants to have sex with her. To get into her good graces, Craig makes a series of gestures instead of what she really wants, which is the three little words. Despite having strong feelings for each other, they have to evaluate if they want the same thing. But a moment of weakness on Craig's part may jeopardize everything. Meanwhile, Spinner is planning Paige's surprise party, and Snake isn't reacting very well physically or emotionally to the start of his chemotherapy. Spike and Emma do whatever they can to get him out of his funk, but Joey thinks a reunion with someone who may know what Snake is going through may be the medicine that Snake needs. This is long, and it includes a lot of stuff that isn't super relevant or fully accurate. Like, the Craig and Ashley stuff is, like, it's kind of it, but it's not quite hitting the mark. And I just, I I don't know. I don't love it. It wasn't the best. I don't think the spinner planning Paige's surprise party was super necessary to include. It was just like the setting of like a plot point, I guess. Um, But yeah, a very, very long summary. Yeah, definitely too long. I wouldn't have included the spinner thing. I just, whatever, who cares? Um, So I guess we'll just, oh wait, um, Holland, can you please tell us a little bit about the episode title. Sure. This is probably one of the more well-known episode titles. Um, it's the title of a Clash song from 1982. Should I say or should I go? If you've watched Stranger Things, it's probably a little bit on your radar right now. No, that's not a spoiler. That's just something that features. Kelsey, I haven't watched it yet, I know. But, yeah, it's a Clash song. It, it. I think it's been rumored that it was about the lead singer's impending, like, leaving of the band, but he has come out and said that it was just, like, their attempt at writing a hit song, which worked because it's a very well-known song now. Super famous. If you don't know the song, I don't know what to tell you. Um, but now you kind of do because it's playing in the background. But also, in relation to the episode in general, I feel like it also doesn't really apply. I mean... I don't think Craig is ever considering, like, leaving Ashley or breaking up with Ashley. I think, I mean, I guess they have kind of like a weird yo-yo, but she's the one who's kind of initiating all of, like, the breakup, get back together times. Because Craig is being infuriating, but I don't know. I don't, I don't know. Well, maybe the should I stay or should I go is from her perspective instead of from his he's not the only protagonist here um all right so i guess we'll just start from the beginning um they have some real great makeup music happening in the background um craig and ashley are in one of their bedrooms not sure which it doesn't look like a vampire lives there so i'm assuming it's craig's um but also ashley changes with the wind so who fucking knows but yeah some solid solid makeup music and ashley says that she loves him because he's like reaching for her belly because he wants to like 
get busy. Um, and she's like, I love you. And he says mostly nothing and then goes in to kiss her again. And she pulls back and it's it's rough. Yeah. And she's like, what? Are you like, don't you love me too, essentially? Or I think she's like, aren't you going to say it back to me? Or like, don't you feel the same way? And he's like, oh, no, I think you're kind of gross, actually. And I was like, haha, deflecting with humor. Gotcha, Craig. <laughs> I identify with that. Um, but yeah, I don't know. I just, I just, I don't understand. I just feel like it's too soon, right? Like, I feel like, I think that Ashley has only been in one relationship. She was with Jimmy. It was a very like middle school relationship where it was all, I love you. I love you. I love you. Like, you know, like without even thinking about it or thinking about what the words mean. And like Craig seems to be actually putting some thought into the whole, I love you thing. I don't know. I think that she's like just jumping into it too soon and like taking it way too hard. Cause how long have they been dating? Like a couple months. Yeah. Since probably like, around like the end of the year dance the year before but that was also like a very rough time for Craig so probably like over probably as long as Paige and Spinner but they are also a very different couple but yeah I think Ashley is this is just like another one of her like I feel everything moments and this is her like expressing her truth and she's like personally offended when Craig doesn't like say anything back to her and it was like I mean I could understand like Craig not being ready to say it people can should be able to say that in their own time and it seemed like Ashley was even pressuring him a little bit it was like Ashley do you really want him to say it when you're like telling him to say it to you like let him come to that when he's ready calm the fuck down also you guys are like 15 yeah, Ashley does not know how to relationship, but whatever. And then to add insult to injury, we're back at the school and Spinner and Paige are all lovey-dovey gross pet names at each other. And Paige walks away and Ashley is like talking to Spinner about like the surprise party, which is apparently enough of a plot point for YouTube to put it in their summary. Yeah. Also, I'd like to note that Paige is wearing her Muppet jacket again. It's a good note. It's a solid <laughs> note. <laughs> do you want to do fashion? Sure. So, yeah, her Muppet skin jacket is back. Oh, the Muppet skin jacket. Um, I love Ashley's hair throughout this entire episode. She finally has, like, a good length, and it's a really good color. It's not, like, blue-black or purple-black or just black or... <laughs> whatever and it's not like that weird like purple red auburn it's like kind of like a red orange almost and it it's a good look for her I like it it looks very good um and it's not a triangle or anything uh Manny at one point strolls down the hallway wearing like super short shorts with like a matching little crop top thing with her fuzzy bucket hat it's bonkers. Um, I love most of Ashley's clothes uh, because it's just super like emo scene um, 2003. Like I I would have owned any of these outfits in like the eighth grade. Like <laughs> this is all I wore. I think at one point she maybe wore a stud belt. If not, it was definitely like a checkered belt. It was one of the two and it was perfect. Um, the only thing on her that I didn't like at all was her um, like her 
shirt for the party was like yellow and it had like these weird mesh like <laughs> sleeves kind of but they were frilly i don't know i was like Ugh, i don't like it yeah um also speaking of bucket hats chris is in this episode very briefly and he's wearing his bucket hat like always and other party outfits of note manny's like pink button-up tie around the waist shirt thing with like layer jeans and a pink like a bright hot pink fedora which I don't ever think she wears but she definitely is carrying it around yeah the fedora is out of control and I'm glad she doesn't wear it but also a little bummed out I never got to see her wear that stupid hat but I just wanted to say she is dressed very conservatively for a party like for a person who goes to school wearing very little clothes, she goes to like an after hours like party with friends dressed like fairly normal. Yeah, I mean, she is still wearing a crop top, but like with low rise jeans, but that's very conservative for Manny. Also, she was wearing like the hoopiest of hoop earrings because of course. Also, I really liked Ashley's jean jacket at like in the closing scene. I thought that was great. That was also my last fashion note. That and I hated Manny's shirt in that scene. It was weird. It was one shoulder. It looked like it had like a Western rainbow scene painted on it. I don't know. It was like very like John Wayne on the plains. <laughs> it was it was a little much. I think those are all the notes that I have. Same. Okay. So so yeah, um, they're talking about the party or whatever, um, and Spinner and Marco like have like a bit of a confrontation, but like just barely. I don't know. It was like kind of a thing. I don't know. They were like talking about like like Marco was like making fun of Spinner for his like relationship with Paige or like whatever, and Spinner like basically made some comment to Marco about like. Well, you know, it's not like you're at any base because you are busy checking out the Bat Boy. That was it. It was about, like, who's gone far enough. And it's, like, Spinner and Craig and Marco talking. And they're, like, talking about bases, basically. But, like, they haven't really said who's done what. I'm just pretty sure that none of them have had sex. <laughs> um, yeah. And then Spinner's like, well, what do you know? You're too busy checking out the Bat Boy. And then he walks off. And I'm like, see, but that was kind of funny. Like... Like, if he hadn't said it in such a mean way, it would be, like, just, a like, friends, like, making fun of each other. Like, it doesn't seem, like, outwardly hateful, except it's Spinner, so it sounds like it. Yeah. And this is when Craig, so, uh, like, Craig asks Spinner, basically, like, when he and Paige are, like, doing things, does she ever stop him or, like, something like that? Because he's trying, it's basically, like, Craig has blue balls because Ashley keeps stopping him from going farther than he wants to, I guess. And he's, like, trying to, like, ask Spinner if the same thing happens to him. But it's, like, a really weird, awkward conversation that I was not really enjoying watching happen. Yeah, I think I blocked it out. I think that's why it took me, like, some weird, like, <laughs> rambling to myself to remember kind of what it was about. I just remembered the Bat Boy line. But, yeah, it was definitely weird and uncomfortable. Um and apparently it is, like, Valentine's Day, I guess. It must be. But, no, it can't be Valentine's Day because Christmas hasn't happened yet. And we know that the Christmas episode is a biggie in this season. Um, 
I don't know why the fuck they have like wrote flower grams or whatever, but the school has flower grams happening. And like Spinner and Marco, or no, Craig and Marco, I think is who they are walking into the school when this flower gram situation is happening. And Craig's like, and Marco's like, you should get your loved one, like da da da. And then Craig's like, okay. And he's like, wait, make it a dozen. So he sends Ashley a dozen roses for this like random flower gram thing. Uh, which, by the way, was, like, giving me, like, PTSD flashbacks to when this happened at school because I remember one time they did this at my middle school. And if you got a flower, that meant, like, somebody cool, like, like you or you had, like, a weird middle school boyfriend. And I remember my next-door neighbor sent me one, and it was, like, clearly a pity carnation, and it made me feel awful. By the way, my middle school experience was worse than my high school one. <laughs> so was mine. I think I sent – because we had them too I think I sent one to myself um but I think all my friends did because we were like those people it's not cool I'm not proud of it um it's kind of super lame uh but yeah no middle school was rough I don't know um and Liberty is in charge of the flower grams and um Craig goes over and he's like make it a dozen and she's like what are you gonna write on the card and he's like I don't know. She's like, if it's for a girl, it has to, you have to write something on the card. Like, you have to think about it. And I was like, Liberty is making very valid points. <laughs> like, yeah, we care about, like, what you have to say. Like, you don't need to, like, one rose, a dozen roses, it does not matter as long as, like, the card is, like, from your heart. I just threw <laughs> up in my mouth. But, but like, for real, like, if your card is good, like, you can just send one rose and it's fine. Save the money. Yeah, but Craig clearly does not know this, and he sends Ashley a dozen roses with a note, and when the flower grams start coming in, I was also getting Mean Girls flashbacks, like, go Glen Coco, it was amazing, and Ashley gets delivered her dozen roses, and Craig and Marco are, like, watching her from across the room, and Craig is very excited about it, and then Ashley, like, looks at the card, and it says, Ash, you rock, XO, Craig, and then, like, she, her face just, like, falls. And then Paige is like, um, you just got a dozen roses. Like, your face is not allowed to look like that. And then Ashley shows her the card, and she's like, ouch. <laughs> it made me laugh. I was like, <laughs> lol, you rock. Um, yeah. Um, oh, and also, brief appearance by Terry to remind us that she's still on the show. She's <laughs> sitting next to Ashley. And we're like, oh, Terry, you're still here. Great. Um, so that's a whole thing. And she has, like, icy blonde hair now a little. Like, her hair's a lot blonder. I was like, oh, Terry. Oh, my God. Okay. Bye, I guess. Not to be heard from for some amount of episodes. Um, So, yeah. I mean, that's, like, kind of the whole, like, flower gram, whatever. Flower grams bum me out. Just... It's it's like giving it's like giving kids Valentine's Day cards, you know? Like, in class. It's like, you have to give them to everyone. Or just... I don't know. Like, don't... like. Don't pick favorites before high school. I feel like should be a rule, right? Because it's that's how people's feelings get hurt. Yeah, but this is high school, so people's feelings are just gonna get hurt. <laughs> um, and then, so then, speaking of more flower grams and getting hurt, Manny obviously sent a flower gram to fucking Sully, 
And she's like waiting because she's like standing at the locker with him. He's like barely paying attention to her. And she's like, oh, did you get did you get my flower, Graham? Honey. And he's like, oh, yeah. And it's like already like wilted and has been like in his locker all day or something. And then she's like, oh, did you get me one? And he's like, here, just take this one that you gave me. And it's just like, oh, God, Sully, you're fucking awful. And then Manny's like, Craig got his girlfriend a dozen. And he's like. That's not my situation. That's not how I roll, babe. Boo, I gotta go. And then he walks away. But before he totally leaves, did you notice that he smacked her on the ass and then walked away? No, but no part of me is surprised by that because Sully is a garbage person. Um, yeah, he's just no, fuck that guy. Um, yeah, no, he's terrible. Yeah, and also she's like, Are you gonna go to this party with me? And he's like, nah. And then he gives, like, some, like, nothing excuse and then, like, pieces out. Sully is the worst. Um, But then it's, like, after school and Craig goes over to Ashley's house and she's, like, cooking or baking. She's doing something in the kitchen. She has an apron on. And Craig is there to help do something. And she's, like... He's like, oh, wait, what's wrong? Like, aren't you happy about the flowers? Da, da, da. And she, like, pulls the card out of her apron, which is, suggests that she's literally just been carrying this card around with her all day long, just being mad about it. And she's like, really? And he's like, what? I don't get it. Because Craig is dumb because boys are dumb. <laughs> also, she is baking one hell of a cake. It looks crazy. I was like, you should be on the Great British Bake Off. Look at you. Um, so yeah, so Ashley is a culinary artist, which is a surprise. And also she has been carrying around this dumb card all day long, which I guess to prove this exact point, but yeah, Craig is super dumb and he doesn't get it. And she's like, I think that we need to take a break. And I'm like, you're kind of overreacting. Like, this is crazy. This is so, it's so like needlessly dramatic that I can't actually. And she's like, I just, I think we need to take a break. And he's like, what? And I'm like, what? And it's like, just, just be like, I don't think, ah, uh-huh, f- fuck, fuck. It's so ridiculous. But you know what goes hand in hand? Needless dramatics and Ashley Carwin because like, She's like, just creates drama so she can complain about it and like write songs about it or something. It's ridiculous. Um, she's like trying so hard to be tortured that she's inventing these things in her brain. So they're taking a break, and then Craig goes home to like go to band practice. And like the band is already practicing without him, and he like walks in the door and Spinner throws like a drumstick at his face on accident, which I thought was kind of funny. I always forget that Spinner's the drummer. Um, I, I always forget which of them does what thing. But they're like, we have something cool to show you. And then they're like, not great. And he's like, you guys are not good. And I'm like, same. Um, and then he yells at them. And then they're like, okay, whatever. And they peace out. Except for Marco, who's a good friend and sticks around to be like, there's something bothering you. You're not normally this much of an asshole for no reason. Um, and... Then Marco is like super dramatic about the whole thing. He's like, you wrote, you rock. And he's like, oh, my God, you have to show her what's in your heart and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you're adorable. Um, So Craig is like, well, I can't say it. But he's like, then you got to show it to her. <laughs> and then he like he's like, oh, I, he has like brain blast and he figures it out. And he like picks up his guitar and is like, maybe. 
And it's like, oh, I know where this is going. And so then the next day at school, um, does he like leave Ashley a note to meet him in the gym or like something yeah. like that? Yeah. So then he leaves her a note to come to the gym. He's sitting on the stage with this floppy, floopy hair with his guitar in his lap. And he's like, don't laugh at me. And then he starts singing his I love you song, which I'm just going to insert right here. Something about the way you shine. When the lights go out, I want to make you mine. Something about the way it seems. You're always here in my dreams. And when there's no And it's beautiful and it like touches my heart every time. It makes me feel all of the all the feelings. I just it's just so beautiful. <laughs> and yeah, so every single human on earth swoons and so do Paige and definitely Manny who are watching from the side cuz they're like getting ready for like spirit squad. Um so yeah, Ashley is swooning, and then Paige is like, "Ah," and then Manny is like, "Really swooning, like, <laughs> like weirdly, like disassociating and like pretending it's for her." <laughs> like, it's like this isn't to you. Like, I get it. It's very romantic, and he's very cute, and it's like a good song. Um, but also, this is not for you. <laughs> you don't need to be as like excited about this as Ashley should be. But okay. Yeah. And so after the song, he and Ashley obviously make up because he says, I love you in the fucking song. And she's like, oh, yeah, it's all I ever wanted, essentially. And meanwhile, if we want to hop to our B plot real quick, basically Snake has been grumpy the entire episode because he has cancer, which understandable, but he's also just being kind of an asshole to everybody. And like Snake or Spike and Emma are like trying to help, but he's just like, it's useless. Like everything is awful. So then after like that night, Joey comes over wearing a bright pink bowling shirt and is like, we're going bowling. I'm cheering you up. And guess what? Somebody else can help cheer you up too. Enter person. We have no idea who it is because we didn't watch the original Degrassi series, but. It's very, it's like he's presented in a way where you're like, if you watch the series, like it's a really big deal. I think his name is Wheels, which when we like learn about like things that have happened in his past, I'm like, is it really so appropriate to call this man Wheels? <laughs> That's a fair point. Also, I'm assuming that it's Wheels with an S, unlike Towers with a Z. So he is far less qualified for my love. Um, yeah, I wrote, I just wrote, who is this third bald man because <laughs> i did not know um i have a lot of feelings about the snake situation because like yes he's being a dick but also i don't think that they know how to take care of a like potentially terminally ill person like i've known people who've had leukemia and cancer and i'm like I feel like we weren't trying to rush them out the door mm -hmm. to like go bowling or like trying to like feed them foods that aren't good for them like nachos like 
I just I just don't think that they're doing any of this right. Like nobody's doing any of this right. And I feel like on TV there's a lot of people being like, cheer up and like, you know, but it's it's I don't think it really works that way in my very, very limited experience. Yeah. It's like, no, it's okay to like be sad you have cancer. That's a very sad thing. Like it sucks. Let's like acknowledge that it sucks. And I feel like when somebody is in a bad mood, like the worst thing you can do is to try mercilessly to like cheer them up. Like it's going to make them even more frustrated. Well, yeah, I mean, it's the depression, but it's also that they're physically like going through chemo is like hellish on your body. Like it's a miracle that he's not ill all the time. Like I don't understand why he's working right now. Like I don't like I I guess people do, but none of the people I know worked while having cancer, like, or like at least like during like the initial stages of chemo, like he just started, he's still like adjusting to it. And it like, it makes you very sick. So why are they trying to make him do stuff? And why are they trying to feed him nachos? Like I thought it like they're being very sweet about it and he is being an asshole. And I get that that's what we're supposed to be getting from it. But I'm like, I don't, I don't think anybody's doing this right. Yeah, but they go bowling, and by, or Snake is still in a bad mood, understandably, and, like, Wheels tries talking to him, and he's just like, like, you have no idea what it feels like to not want to, like, go on anymore, want to just give up or something, and then Wheels is like, like, yes, I do, um, I remember I killed a kid. Like, I was driving. I was drunk. I killed a kid. I think I know what it means to want to give up. And when this was, yeah, and so then when this was, like, revealed, I was like, why do they still call him Wheels? I feel like that's not a good idea. (laughs) It's kind of insensitive. And I just, I don't know if I'm supposed to like Wheels or not. Because he did drive drunk and kill a kid, apparently, which makes me not like Wheels. Because I'm like, fuck you, Wheels. But also, he made Snake feel better, and he's the only one. So I'm like, hey, Wheels. So I'm feeling very conflicted on Wheels as a human person. I feel like, yeah, if we had watched, the, like, the original series, we might like him more because he was probably, like, a very established character who, like, made one mistake that he paid for forever or something like that. That's, like, the vibe I get from Wheels. But I don't know. I think he was also in their band because... He che- like after that happens, they like have a little bit of a breakthrough. And then they come home later singing their stupid song that only has two lines. And like Emma and Spike like watch them through the window and they're like, Yay, he's happy. He's fine. He's gonna be okay. Which I'm like, okay, this is like one day, but okay, take your victories where you can. Yeah, I mean, I guess we'll just let them have that. Whatever. I mean, it's for such a heavy storyline, they really sort of They've only been like doling it out in little tiny pieces. I think that they think it's going to be like too heavy if they do like a whole big episode all at once because he has cancer, but cancer has been the B plot for like every episode that like this big important thing has been happening in his life. It's only been the B plot and that is confusing to me on like a bunch of different levels, except for like kind of a part of the like Emma Sean story in Gangsta Gangsta, except that's not like the main part of it. It's just never I don't I don't know yeah I can see this being another and I can see this being an instance where like the writers recognize that this is a very heavy difficult subject subject to cover so they're just gonna like put it in the b plot 
so they don't get t- held too accountable in case they like like majorly fuck up some kind of aspect of this like the intricacies of having cancer so they're just gonna do as little as possible to like keep it dramatic enough and like use it as a storyline but like but it's also minor enough where like no one's gonna be mad at them about it I don't know feels a little gross I'm not gonna lie to you feels a little bit gross so let's get back to Craig (laughs) So speaking of gross, <laughs> seriously. So um, he gets to the party and he's talking to Ashley and he's like, place looks great. Um, I don't know if he actually says that, but it feels like a thing he should have said to her. So I hope he did. I don't remember. Um, and Ashley is basically like, when the party's over, you should sleep over tonight, which like. Okay, so I understand that her mom knows that she's throwing a party because earlier she and Spinner were talking about how she can't get her curfew curfew pushed back but that still means that her parents aren't coming home that night right like is that what she's because she's like curfews at one mom says and spinner's like okay fine but then she's like craig sleepover which like i know that's not the point of this and i'm getting like really hung up on like logistics but so after her like crazy calling page a hag taking ecstasy dude this is ecstasy party (laughs) like her parents are still being like, yeah, sure, throw a party. That's fine. We're going to give you a curfew, but we're not going to come home. Hope your weird kind of skeezy right now boyfriend sleeps over. <laughs> like, <laughs> like, I know that that's not the point of this, but I just really needed to, like, let that out because it was bothering me. I feel like they might be home, and it could be, like, a stay over, but, like, it's going to be sneaky so my parents don't know type of a thing. I could see it also being that. Because they probably, they're, like, probably upstairs, so they wouldn't notice if he was, like, staying after everything happened because it would get quiet and it would be, like, time to go to bed or something. And they would probably already be asleep, but they were technically still there and he could maybe sneak out in the morning. I don't know. But I, I'm giving, like, her parents the benefit of the doubt because I feel like they would not leave her alone after all the shit that happened in her eighth grade year. I'm accepting that headcanon. I like that because <laughs> I think that... It- Kate knows better, and she she wouldn't let her have a party by her, like, just on her own. Okay, so, anyway, sorry. Anyway, so she's like, Craig, sleep over, and he's like, ka-ching? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I think ka-ching was the wrong <laughs> sound bite. <laughs> I'm making them with my mouth, Holland. I don't know what else you want from me. Boyoing? Schwing? <laughs> I think schwing is what you're aiming for. Kaching sounds like gross and like sexual currency ish. And <laughs> I was uncomfortable with it. But I like schwing or boy or hubba hubba or like bow chicka wow wow. I think those are all applicable. <laughs> I guess it could be like a way that se- or Craig is viewing sex at this point. I don't know. It's like something he has earned. Like it's like stumbling across money. I don't really know. I think we need to move off of the sound effects. 
ka-ching. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, so Craig's like, cool, nailed it. Not literally yet, but well, probably later. We'll see. Um, so <laughs> you guys were devolving. Um, so yeah, so of course, the first thing this fucking idiot does is goes to Spinner of all people. Like, tell Marco. Marco will still celebrate with you, but he will also be very cool about it. Don't fucking tell Spinner. Spinner is going to be weird and try to high five you in public like an asshole. Which is basically what happens. Like, like Paige comes in and it's a surprise and it's great. Oh, also, I forgot to mention in Fashion Police, but she, her hair is very like season two Paige. She's got like her little mini ponytail, like her half updo. That was very season two and I liked the throwback. Anyway. Paige comes in. It's a fun time. They're at the party. It's great. And then Spinner, like, what, does he, like, blow up a balloon? Or I don't know. It's, like, something, like, phallic. And he's like, huh, Craig, like, look at this. This is going to be you tonight, lol. Yeah. Um, Spinner is super subtle all the time. <laughs> and definitely the person that you should tell really, really sensitive secrets to. He is that guy. I just, ugh, Craig is stupid. Just so stupid. So yeah, Ashley sees and she's like, are you fucking kidding me? And she pulls Craig over and she's like, you told Spinner? And he's like, I just told Spinner because I was happy, which is a stupid excuse. Yeah, I can understand being excited and wanting to tell a friend, but Spinner is probably the wrong friend to do that with, like we have said before. Oh, also slightly backtracking, I like to mention that the background party music was very... Like, here it goes again by OK Go, yeah. like, rip off. But, yeah, Ashley pulls him outside. And she's very angry about it. And she's like, I can't believe this. Like, I can't believe you almost tricked me into having sex with you. And he's like, wait, what? Like, how did this sound that come? How did we get to that? Yeah, that it's like it's like she took like a crazy turn somewhere in her brain. Like you tricked me by writing me a beautiful song and telling me you loved me. Like that's not how tricking works. I don't think she understands. That's that's not how tricking works. He didn't pull a quarter behind her ear so she would have sex with him. I don't under he wasn't like, if you have sex with me, I'll make three wishes come true. Like there she was not fooled into anything she was she just feels feelings for this person and for some reason to her that means that she should have sex with him when clearly she isn't ready because she's like turning on a dime being like you tricked me i feel fooled yeah like if anything we can say it was maybe like manipulative like emotionally and like manipulative of him to like do the song but i feel like I feel like the episode summary said, like, Craig doesn't know if he feels the same way, but he still wants to have sex with Ashley. But I honestly didn't feel like he was ever really pressuring her to have sex throughout the entire episode. It just seemed like he was a teenage boy who would try. And when she said no, he would back off. But I don't maybe I don't know. Maybe I'm like defending him too much. But the, I didn't see it, him as being too pressury. Like, for her to react in that way. I agree. I think they want you to feel like that, though, because at the very beginning of the episode, he, like, went to undo her belt. And I guess in Degrassi world, that means I'm going to try to have sex with you and not, like, do one of the, like, countless other things you can do after you remove someone's belt. Um, Not even just sex stuff. You could do a whole bunch of stuff. You could just put the belt away. 
you could just be like, this is too tight because we had a big meal and you're probably uncomfortable. <laughs> like there's so many things you can do. You can whip something. You can learn to lasso. Lots of belt options. Um, so yeah, no, I, I think the belt was supposed to be like, we're going to maybe have sex, but I, but I don't know. It didn't read that way for me because I, I, I don't think that like the world exists in just like making out or having sex end of list. No, definitely not. Um, but yeah, so she kind of spiral, like she starts out having a very like good argument like why the fuck did you tell spinner i feel disrespected that you would tell somebody about this like intimate thing we were about to do and it, like i could like she's feeling really bad about it now but then she, it like morphs into you tricked me into almost having sex with you which was a little bit of a leap but like she's feeling very insecure right now she's probably not ready to have sex at all she just thinks that she should I guess because she loves him? Yeah, no, I'm with you. I mean, I'm totally team Ashley in this scenario. I think that saying that he tricked her into sex is crazy. <laughs> um, but also, like, Craig is in the wrong because he's a big, big dummy. Like, just full stop. That's it. Um, so he's like, "What the fuck?" And then he leaves. And mm, no, I mean, I mean, she does like break up with him again. I mean, technic. If we're going to go off of technicalities of things that happen later that are still shitty and stupid, but like, basically, she like breaks up with him again. Essentially, I yeah, think. I think so too. Yeah, and then he, she like, and then I think she like leaves him outside, and then he starts walking away, and he's really like mad about everything that happened. And then guess who follows him? Oh my god, is it Manny? Could it possibly <laughs> be Manny? Of course, it's fucking Manny. Um, so yeah, Manny chases him out the door and she's like, Craig. And he's like, really not right now, Manny. And she like, just was like, I just, I just wanted to talk to you because like you seem upset. And then she's like, and that song you wrote was amazing. And if, if you wrote that song for me, I would never break up with you. I would be like the happiest person in the whole world. So fucking, so fucking stupid and very Manny and. Oh my god, very desperate and like, girl, stop chasing after him. He's not good for you. <laughs> really bad for her. But you know what? She does not make good romantic choices. I mean, he's probably better for her than Sully is, but he doesn't really care that much about her, I don't think. Um, personal opinion. Um, I don't know. So, yeah. So they go back to his house and they're like in his shed and she's like, cool. Is this where your band practices? Is this where you wrote the song? And he's like, yep. And she's like, can you play the song for me? And he's like, yeah, sure. She doesn't even let him finish the song. She doesn't even let him get to the vocals. He like starts playing the guitar and then she stops him basically. And I'm like, okay. She just like swooped right in there. Yeah. Also super weird to ask him to play you a song that was written for another girl. So fucking weird. Um, but yeah, she stops him. And then she is this when she like initiates, like she starts to like lean in to try to kiss him. I don't remember if she says anything. I don't remember. I mean, I don't think she really does. I think they just kind of go to it. I mean, 
I'm being real subtle. Um, so yeah, then the next day they're at school and Manny is sitting with Emma, who I guess they've made up. Would no? Yeah, I think they're in like a really weird state of their friendship where like they're like still friends sometimes, but they fight more easily now. I feel like that's how I remember it going on from here. I think they made up like after like uh, Snake got cancer and Emma was going through all that stuff. And man, and I feel like they made up because they're like, our fight's stupid right now. But I think it's still a little bit tense. But yeah, they're talking out front at school. And Manny's like, oh my God, it was so great. But I can't really tell you anything. But uh, like, I feel like she was being a little cagey about something. But I don't know. Did, do you, I can't remember if uh, Emma seemed like she knew what happened. I think I, I think she was just, I don't think Emma knew. I think that Manny was just being like, I can't really tell you. But she kept like making eyes at Craig. And she's like, but hopefully soon, which made me go, oh, oh, honey. Um, I'm so sorry. So then Craig comes up and she runs up to him. And she's like, hey, Craig. And then I think Emma kind of gets an idea from that. Um, but I don't really know how much Emma knows. Um, but she, but she's like, Hey Craig. And he's like, Oh, Hey. So the other night about that weird. And, um, and then Ashley comes over and she's like, basically like apologizes. And it's like, I over, I totally overreacted. I talked to Paige all about it, which like Paige, good friend sounding board sometimes for Ashley, I guess. Um, she's like, I talked to Paige about it. I was totally overreacting. Um, I don't want to break up with you, blah, blah, blah. And he's like, really? And then they get back together and Manny is just like standing right there. <laughs> and it's kind of a bummer. Yeah. And then Ashley's like, I'm sorry. I love you. And he like looks at Manny and gets a very angry look on his face, like very determined. And he's like, I love you too. And basically it's like his way of being like, no, Manny, this is not going on, which is like really shitty of him too, to like throw that in Manny's face after he basically used her to stroke his ego the night before or the weekend before, like whatever the fuck. It was gross. And stroke some other things. Am I right? <laughs> Ba-dum-bum. Ka-ching. <laughs> I'm just here for the ka-ching. <laughs> but yeah, that's basically the episode. And it's kind of like the beginning of Craig's downfall as being like, the nice guy <laughs> oh my sweet sweet fallen angel <laughs> such a fallen angel um but all right so who do you think the spirit squad captain i think i might have one i think i might just go with joey because <laughs> he is like Snake, we're going bowling. And he like brought wheel like he brought in wheels and like knew how to cheer up, knew how to at least get Snake in like slightly a better shape. And I feel like he wasn't like walking on eggshells around him like Emma and Spike might have been, or like pandering to him. He was like, No, we're going bowling. They're gonna do this. Come on, like let's go, pal. And like good for Joey. He's a good friend. He is a good friend. That's a good answer. Um, In the vein of good friends, I'm going to go with Marco because he helped Craig out a bunch. He, you know, he like was like, you have to tell her something, blah, blah, blah. And he should have been the person that Craig told about the sex thing. And then we could have avoided this whole fucking mess. 
Yeah. Marco, also a great sounding board friend. He was all kinds of wise and like knew how to help. Knew He gave Craig very good advice. Totally. Team Marco. Um, so who is your ship of the episode? Mine is Paige and Spinner, I think. I guess. Fine. Uh, I was going to go with that, too, because I was like, it's not Craig with anybody. Nope. <laughs> and the only other couples we saw were Manny and Sully and Spinner and Paige. And Spinner, like, Spinner through Paige, a really fun birthday party. He was a good he was a good boyfriend in this episode, but probably not a great friend. Oh, no. Spinner is, like, all around a really good boyfriend to Paige. He is terrible in almost all other ways. Like, he is, like, inexcusably shitty to Marco and not a good friend, just in general. Um, Terrible friend to Jimmy. Terrible friend to Marco. Stupid friend to Craig. Um, But a good boyfriend. So, yeah, I'm definitely, definitely Spinner and Paige. Um, So, moral of the episode is... Shit. What is moral of the fucking episode? Be honest about your feelings and don't pressure anybody into like reflecting the feelings back to you that you want them to show when they're not feeling that. I feel like that kind of applies to both plots. Yeah. Be honest about your feelings to yourself and to other people. Yeah. Like just be communicative and stuff and not in a disease way. But, yeah, just fucking say how you feel just outright. You don't have to write songs, although we as an audience appreciate the songwriting because it's beautiful. So whatever. And, like, don't hold other people's feelings against them because it's just how they feel. And you can just express how their feelings are making you feel, but don't make them feel shitty for having the feelings that they have, I guess. I don't know. That's good. I like that. That's a good one. Um, so, you guys, we have some grapevines for you. We have an email from our number, our self-proclaimed number one fan, Thomas Sparks. And he asks us a question from the Gangsta Gangsta episode. And he's asking, um, who is your favorite bad kid out of Jay, Alex, and Sean? I think... Th- both of our answers are going to be very obvious. <laughs> and I surprise you. I've got, uh, I've got a dark horse. I feel like I know who you're going to say. I feel like you're going to say Alex, and I'm going to say Sean. We are so predictable. <laughs> Damn it. I really thought for sure that you were going to think that I would say Jay, because I do love me a dirt bag. <laughs> but like on this rewatch, now that I'm a little older, and maybe I've matured, who knows? I'm like, oh, Jay's kind of gross inside. Yeah, he's kind of gross. I like my first reaction was gonna be like, I think you're gonna say Jay, but I was like, eh, I think your feelings are starting to. I feel like your favorite is Jay after he does all the shitty things and like kind of grows. Right now, he's like disgusting and too scumbaggy. Um, but my favorite's always going to be Sean, and he's like not. I mean, he's going through a bad kid phase right now but like we all know he has a heart of gold <laughs> because he's ryan atwood 
Um, we also have a few tweets. We have one from Rachel Seff at OMG It's Rachel. This one made me laugh. Um, it was from a few days ago. And she said, you know, you've been watching too much Degrassi when you have a sex dream involving one of the characters. To be fair, it was Sav. He graduated, turned 18, and had grown a sweet, sweet beard in the last step I watched before bed. <laughs> Rachel, no shame here. Like, Sav is hot. I love a beard. Proud of you for sharing your feelings. I once tweeted at how did this get made about a sex dream I had about Jason Manzoukas. So, you know, we can't control these things. Oh, and it works in the theme of the last episode with nocturnal emissions. So, girl, I feel you. <laughs> also, age appropriate. He was 18. Kelsey and I both talk about non-age appropriate crushes on this show almost every episode. So you have a leg up on us. I blame Jake Epstein, really. And I also blame, like, looking at it through my eyes as a youth. So, whatever. But glad that he was 18 in your sex dream. Exactly. Yes. All of this is looking at it through the eyes as a youth. And all these people are technically older than me in real life. So, it's all good. And we actually have a review. So, you know what that means? It is time for a mini fanfic. And this is for Cody1991, who, by the way, your review delighted us. We read it together. We love you. You should be our friend. Um, we're trying not to be creepy about it because you live in the same city as us. So we're trying not to be weird, but we think that you're very cool. Um, so anyway, Cody, I am going to give you a fanfic from the bottom of my heart. So here's the deal. Cody is in New York. She's working as a YA novelist, and she is going to pitch her book to an ad sales team at, like, Gothamist um, because they're going to, like, promote her book and they're going to, like, do, like, an article or whatever. Um, <laughs> journalism. Anyway, <laughs> so she is meeting uh, with, like, the people at Gothamist and on her way out she runs into someone and it's one of their reporters and oh who is it Ellie goddamn Nash um and Ellie is like still like kind of punky but like also a little bit corporate but mostly like still kind of punky and just like you know grown up um and she's like oh my god I'm so sorry I ran into you and you dropped all your pencils on the ground let me help you and they help each other and they look into each other's eyes and they fucking are like we should go get coffee or a drink or something sometime because you're beautiful and then Cody's like no you're beautiful let's do this and then they fall in love. That's like the most meaningful like fan fiction I can come up with in my brain right now. It touched my heart. All right. Cody, we love you. Thank you for reviewing us. I hope you and Ellie Nash have a really good fantasy life together. <laughs> that was beautiful. I kind of wanted Ellie to be the one like interviewing her about the YA novel and like learning the inner like workings of Cody's brain would also help her fall in love with her. But I also like the meet cute dropping of the pencils. It's very rom-com. It was beautiful. I feel like all of these things can be true in the world of fan fiction. So make it. I'm making it so in my brain. It was great. And yes, Cody, thank you so much for leaving us that review. It was so delightful. Degrassi and the OC were also both like my staple shows. And I have all the seasons of the OC on DVD 
in my apartment right now. I'm looking at them, except for season four, because I don't count that one. But yes, I love Ryan Atwood so much, too. Ryan Atwood for life. Um, It's probably why we still like Sean so much, even when he's shitty to Emma. Uh, so if you guys want to leave us a review, we highly encourage that you do it so that we can write you a tiny mini fan fiction. And if it's really nice, I'll write a really good one because fucking Ellie Nash. <laughs> like that one was very special to Kelsey because it's fucking Ellie Nash. Um, and yeah, and other ways to get featured on the grapevine section, you can Tweet at us at Twitter at Degrassi Pod and go ahead and follow us if you want to. Um, and you can send us an email to whatever it takes podcast at gmail.com. You can also find us on Tumblr, whatever it takes podcast.tumblr.com, and on SoundCloud and on iTunes. And like we said before, if you're on iTunes, leave us a review and we'll write you a fan fiction. Yes, thank you. Um, and you can follow me at Kel Sucks with a Z at the end, and that's on um, Instagram and Facebook. Not Facebook. Facebook is just my name. <laughs> Instagram and Twitter. Don't follow me on Facebook. I don't add strangers. And you can follow me on Instagram and Twitter at HollandTacular. And what are you? what's your thing you're going to plug today? I mean, you've already plugged it, but the only thing I've done lately is watch the... Um, the like new season of bojack horseman so i'm gonna recommend bojack horseman again um and i guess also holland and i went to see blink 182 um and it was super awesome so i'm going to say you've heard blink 182 before probably unless you maybe live under a rock so yeah um listen to blink 182 listen to their earlier albums i mean their new album is good but listen to like listen to dude ranch listen to dude ranch please it's one of their better albums. Thank you. I love Blink-182 so much. Their concert was so good. They were so good, even without Tom. I was very pleasantly surprised. Matt Skiba did a great job. I think that's what his name is. I don't know. No. Um, <laughs> he did a good job, but it's like not enough for me to even like look up his name, but I think that's right. Um, I am actually going to plug a podcast I literally only started listening to today. It's called Literary Disco. It's a podcast hosted by um, two, like, professory book types and Ryder Strong from Boy Meets World, where they, like, I think it's kind of like a book clubby podcast where they will read a book and discuss it. And they also do this thing called Bookshelf Roulette at the beginning where people give them random numbers that correspond with, like, a shelf in, like, a book that they have to go find on their bookshelf and then they kind of like talk about it and like how it's significant to them. And I've, it's a pretty good podcast. If you like books, I like it a lot so far. That sounds awesome. Um, I love Ryder Strong. I have a leftover crush on him from Boy Meets World and he has aged exactly my type. Um, I'm not going to say well or not well, but exactly my type. Um, so yeah, I mean, that's it for us. Bye Panthers. Bye, Panthers.